Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome back to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Today, we're going to talk about lawyers, because I have a philosophy that lawyers actually are entrepreneurs, whether they know it or not. You see, I used to be the marketing director for two Amlaw 100 firms for their Austin and Dallas offices, and I spent a lot of time coaching lawyers both during that span of my career, but then ever since, I've continued to work with lawyers. And what happens is lawyers go to law school, and they think they're going to get hired by a big firm, and they spend their time as an associate, and then they make partner, and someone turns around at some point and says, where's your book of business? And a lot of them never even realized that being a lawyer really means being a salesperson, as it does for all of us in any career. So today I am sitting here. I'm actually doing a live interview. We're not by Skype. I'm actually sitting with Paul Grabowski, and Paul is the chief marketing officer for Bracewell and Giuliani, one of the Amlaw 100's fastest growing firms, and a friend of mine. Paul and I worked together at a firm a decade ago, and we are about to release the book, the ABCs of legal marketing. Paul and I have been working on this project for about a year, and it is about to hit the stands and be able to be purchased on Kindle or as a hard copy book and help lawyers really think through some of the things they need to do to be able to work on their career. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate being here. So, Paul, I gave a little bit of background about yourself, but why don't you tell us kind of your day-to-day life and what you do as the chief marketing officer for a big law firm? My day-to-day life is never a set schedule. No matter what I plan to do, it always seems to change. And it runs the full gamut from working with our communications group, whether it be press releases, client alerts, reviewing information that goes out because ultimately we're trying to sell our attorneys on a daily basis, to marketing, to branding, to the website, to working on our app that we have out there. We have a wonderful app called ShalePlay, which is something different than what any law firm has because it's for the industry. It's about the industry. We're at the back end of it. We're the aggregator. We provide the information for people. To strategic planning, uh, what we're doing in our London office, our Dubai office, to office strategic plans that we're working on because, as you said, any entrepreneur, when they want to get out there, they need to have a plan. They need to have something to start with. And the way we look at things is the attorneys have to have a plan, the practice groups have to have a plan, and it has to roll up to what we're doing from a firm strategic standpoint. So any day it can run the gamut from any one of those things. It's just an exciting job and I love doing it every day. So Paul, in addition to being the chief marketing officer, you're also an attorney. How does that help you or hurt you in that in that role? Well, as I like to say, I never cross to the dark side. Uh, I am an attorney. I keep my license active. I want to have it. It's something that has always been a challenge for me. Where it really helps, I think, is there is a level of understanding of what happens. I I cannot sit there and say, I understand a Rule 144A transaction, but I do know what one is. And when you're talking about working in the legal field, understanding what the lawyers have to do on a daily basis is critical. You know, we look at it, lawyers are, are bound to the billable hour. 
and the clients come first. And we completely understand that from our side of the house. But it's the non-billable side, just like any lawyer or any business person needs to understand. You have to be able to go out and generate business. And so understanding how clients look at lawyers, how they use their outside counsel, what's going on from a practice group level, how are we targeting clients with our litigation practice or our antitrust practice, and knowing what the strengths are of those practices is what helps me from a legal standpoint be able to have those conversations with our attorneys, with our practice group heads, with our managing partner and our management committee. So I've always had this philosophy that, you know, as I said in the intro, that lawyers have to be entrepreneurs or at least entrepreneurial if they want to grow a lifetime of a practice. So what's your philosophy about how lawyers have to behave entrepreneurially? Well, I think it all starts with they have to have an understanding that no matter what they do, lawyers are selling themselves on a daily basis. They have to understand what the market is out there, what their target is. What I always like to say is I I really don't like what they refer to as shotgun business development which is a lawyer looks at it and says, I have a great practice and I do this. So if I pull the trigger, I'm just going to go after whatever I hit. They have to be strategic, just like any entrepreneur any entrepreneur does in his daily life. They have to look at it and say, what is it that I'm selling? And how do I get in front of those people? And what's the strategy behind it? Because they also have to look at what's the return on investment for what they're doing. We have to budget for these things. It's not just something that's going to happen. There has to be a plan. And so looking at it from the standpoint of any law firm, when you look at how it's made up, is a collection of individual businesses. They all work together. They share resources. But at the end of the day, Each partner is marketing and selling themselves as an individual business or collectively with others. And understanding the intricacies and how that works together is something that they all need to be thinking about, which makes them entrepreneurial. So, you know, you bring up an interesting point, and that is even in a big law firm, each individual lawyer is solely judged by their own practice, how many hours they bill, how much business they generate. So as lawyers have to sort of think as this, you know, solopreneur almost, even when they're part of a big big firm. What are some of the things that they need to be doing in order to find success? Well, I think it all goes back to, and it's something we talk about in the book, your contacts are critical and people do business with a no like, and trust. And so that's really the starting point. In fact, we tell the lawyers, look, the two things that you need to understand and be able to manage are your contacts and your relationships. We'll teach you the rest about business development because it's not something that's taught in law school. And if it is, it's touched on from a solo practitioner standpoint. And so looking at it from that perspective, if they understand that the starting point for them is their contacts and that's their human capital, that's where they sell. That's what their relationship is. They can have the best practice in the world. They can be known by hundreds of people. But if they don't know how to work those contacts and what it takes to get in front of them and how you follow up with them and what you're selling to them, the value proposition that you're bringing to them, then they're no different than anyone else. And work is just not going to walk in the door for them. It doesn't work that way anymore. So and I think this is true in any industry. Just having a great product or a great service is no longer enough because there's so much competition out there. I think, you know, just in the few years that I've worked, the decade plus that I've worked with attorneys closely, I have seen the competition for people in all different practice areas become more, not less. And so, you know, this is true for any business. So what do you think other businesses can learn from the way your lawyers market? I think actually what we need to do is continue to look at how our clients market themselves to be able to understand how they project themselves out there. I mean, one of the things that we do is we we tell attorneys when they're looking to write their profile 
in which when we look at the analytics of things and people come into our website, the first thing they're looking at is the attorney profile. And so what we're trying to tell them is when you're writing that, it's not about you. It's about what you do to, for your clients. How do, you, how do you connect yourselves to those industries? What words are they using? And so I think what lawyers can do is from an individual entrepreneurial standpoint is take a look at how others have been successful. And then what those companies can do is look at what lawyers out there and how they are projecting themselves. How do they brand themselves? How do they stand out in the market? Because you're right. Right now, in particular, with the economy the way it is, we're in an interesting time. Supply outweighs demand. There's more lawyers and less work out there. And so we're constantly trying to look at new ways to invent ourselves, new ways to promote ourselves the way anyone else has done for a year. And so we have to continue to reinvent that every day. It, it's become ingrained in their personality that they have to market themselves. They have to look at what they're doing in order to be able to be successful. And you bring up another interesting point, because I always think something that I try to tell attorneys all the time is that one of the things is, I believe that if you're acting like a business leader, if you're acting like an entrepreneur, then the clients who you want to hire you will be more drawn to you because that's who they are. I mean, at the end of the day, we're drawn to people who are like us or have shared experiences. So a lawyer who leads with the fact that he runs his practice like a, like a businessman is going to be somebody the businessman is more drawn to. Do you agree? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, if you think about it, the clients will tell us, and they've told us for years, the one thing that they want from their lawyers is that they understand their business, that they're willing to come out there and take a look and walk the production floor and know who their clients are and know what's facing them two, three, five years down the road. They know that the attorney can do the work. What they want more than anything else is a lawyer who understands their business. And so in order for us to be successful, those are the things that we have to put in front of our attorneys, what my group does on a continual basis. We're looking for trends in industries. We're looking at 10Ks. We're looking at all the information that's out there, whether it be media reports, whether it be you know industry reports, and trying to say to them, look, this is what they're facing. A lot of times what happens is lawyers look at it and say, particularly for litigation, oh, this guy just got sued. Well, we have no chance of representing them because by the time they find out they've gotten sued, counsel's already engaged. What we're trying to tell them is you should be looking at our clients and those that are similarly situated and saying, this is your value proposition. These guys did get sued. You need to be going and showing your client how to avoid that. That's where the value comes in. That's where knowing the industry comes in. And knowing how to put that and package it together, whether as a solo or as a group, and being able to sell that to your clients. So, Paul, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What are some of the coolest things that you see people in the legal industry doing? Maybe not something in your own firm, but maybe something you see out there where you say, wow, they're really crushing it. They're, they're being really unique. I think anyone who is using technology to their advantage I think the social media platform, I think taking a look, lawyers are great at writing things. But if you look at how people receive information now and what's happening in our information age, people are more apt to hear things and they're more apt to see things than they are necessarily to read something. And they want it in a shorter soundbite. 
So you're looking at it when we run analytics on things and we're saying, okay, the best time to send a client alert is on Tuesday afternoon between 2 and 4 p.m. Central Time and there's less than 77 characters in the subject line and the first paragraph has less than 143 words and we get a 17% greater read rate on that. That's something that we're looking at because that's how our clients are getting information. I think any law firm or any lawyer that's being innovative you know, I, I touched on it, and I'm proud of the fact that we have this thing called Shale Play. It's an app. It's free. It's available. What it is, it's a news aggregator, and there wasn't any other one out there on the shale industry. And it's not just the United States. It's worldwide. And to hear the feedback that we've had over 3,000 downloads and get over 10,000 page views a month because we're feeding information that's out there for people to get. I think it's difficult in a lot of respects for lawyers to be truly innovative when they have to go by the bar rules that are out there, it's hard from an advertising perspective. You've seen a clamp down on that over the years. I think the, the firms that are being innovative are the ones that are looking to see how they connect best with their clients and how they can get out in front of them on a continual basis, whether it be bringing a small group together. I think anybody who is selling knowledge that clients are receptive to and listening to what their clients are saying. Those are the ones that are stepping out in front of everybody. So, Paul, you have a reputation in the industry. You've been the CMO of two different law firms here in Houston, and you have a reputation in the industry as running your marketing department as if it was your own company. I mean, you definitely, you know, while you're an employee of the firm, you actually operate very entrepreneurially uh, yourself. And we talk a lot about the entrepreneur. And I tried to do this when, when I worked in firms and when I worked for other companies is my own job. I tried to run it as a, a silo as if I was an entrepreneur. So what is it that you do internally that makes you sort of like this captain of your own ship? I think it starts primarily with the budget. You know, I look at it and I will tell anybody here, and they've heard me say this on more than one occasion, it's not my money. It's the partner's money. They hire me and my group to be able to spend it wisely. And so the things that I look at with our business development team is how are they doing it most effectively? Because at the end of the day, we have to be able to show what we're doing provides value to the firm, just like any entrepreneur is going to look at it. And they're going to say, okay, if I'm going to sponsor this program, what am I getting for that? You know, for years it's been, okay, you know what, we're going to sponsor a program and you're in with 10 other law firms and you get a table to put your stuff out there. Well, what does that do? Because that's not how we sell. We sell by relationship. And yes, it's great to have our information there. You know, it's kind of like a friend of mine used to tell me he ran a private EMS company and he'd do these major events, motocross, you know, all these other ones. And the promoter would say, well, you know, we need you guys there because if somebody gets hurt, then you got to be there. And he'd say, okay, well, you know, you're going to have to pay for that. And they say, oh, but wait a minute, we'll give you advertising. We'll put your name up on the board and everything. And he used to say to them, you know what? People don't look at an advertising and say, you know, the next time I need an ambulance company, I'm going to call those guys because I saw them at the motocross event. You know, it's dollars in the door. And that's what we have to look at. We have costs. And that's one of the things that we analyze on a daily basis. We can, we've teamed up with our finance department. And so we can look at now and see what it, what it costs us to do business. And how does that impact our clients? You know, what is the cost to us versus the cost to the client? What is the utilization on that? What is our build realization rate? What's our collected realization rate? All of these things, I guess, going back to who's being innovative, those who are looking at how it costs them to do work and how they are bringing that to the client and being very honest with the client. Look, you're a for-profit company. We're a for-profit company. 
why can't we just meet in the middle on this? You know, instead of waiting for the bill to come and then saying, oh, well, we got to reduce that. We've got to take that haircut. We've got to do this. Having that discussion up front, those are firms that are being successful. So what do you love about the life you've created sort of as this entrepreneur inside a company or this entrepreneur? What do you like about what you do on a daily basis? Every day is different. Absolutely every day is different. I've had phone calls this morning where I've talked to our construction practice, where I've had meetings to talk about a partner leadership meeting in New York. Every day is different. And yet it's still there. There's a core there. There's a drive because every day I take something that's a little bit of a success. You know, I, I love to say I can go and find somebody who's always had it worse than me. And it's a challenge. I mean, we are dealing with incredibly intellectual people. And they challenge you on a daily basis. And being able to manage that, you know, whether it be human capital, whether it be a proposal, whether it be a budget, every day is different. But every day is a challenge. And plus the fact, I, I just have a great group. I have a great group who works with me. I never say anybody works for me. And I have a great group that I work with from a firm management perspective. It's fun. It's challenging. You know, there, there's nothing like this. I've always said, if you can work within a law firm, you can work in any business. Because if you think about it, we've got just about every industry here. We've got finance. We've got energy. You know, we have construction. We have litigation. So we have disputes. Every business has this at some point. Some are more focused on it on a daily basis than others. I get to run through it with 200 plus partners pretty much every week. That's what makes it fun. So one of the things I liked about being, you know, working inside a law firm sort of was the challenge of being able to, you know, avoid the landmines, provide value and, you know, survive to come out swinging the next day. A lot of people who are listening may not have ever thought that, you know, legal marketing is even a career. And yet you have just within your firm quite a large staff. And then you start thinking about all the other law firms that exist out there. And boy, there's a lot of them. You know, there's an entire industry of people who, who work in this industry. What would you tell people from other businesses that they could learn from those who do legal marketing? I think there's a couple of things. It's one, legal marketing is not a lot different than working for, you know, a widget company. You know, they still have the same challenges. They're still marketing. They're still branding. They're still communication. But I think the thing that I've noticed, particularly over the past several years, and this has been really interesting, is that there's now almost a career track in college for legal marketing because it's become an industry. And so you can look at it and say, if, if you are looking for an incredible challenge, where you have basically every day you can come in and there's something different. You could be working on a proposal. You could be working on an RFP. All of a sudden you could be doing a client alert. If you like that challenge of having something there every day for you where it's not mundane, then law firm's for you because it's always going to be that way. When you think about it, like I said, we're marketing and we're branding individuals and collectively as a firm. Whereas if you're working for that widget company, that's all your marketing. So we have the intellectual challenge of fitting in the individual as well as the product. And the product just happens to be the lawyers and their services and what they can do. So the, the opportunities are endless. I mean, I think the fastest growing position right now within a law firm is what they refer to as a pricing analyst, because law firms have started to figure out how to do that because they've been challenged by their clients. You know, you look at it, we had a recently, we had a general counsel say that, look, I'm no longer a cost center to our company. I have to show a profit 
that's a pretty interesting thing when they're not selling anything. They have to actually show how they, what they are doing impacts their business. And so the neat thing is we do that every day. You know, our business development team, our communications team, our marketing team, they're always looking at is how that's going to impact our bottom line. What are we doing to make things better? What are we making things do innovative? So what can other businesses learn from what you do? I think looking at it from the perspective that our product is individuals. And the biggest thing that we have to keep in mind is at the end of the day, our business is built on relationships. And so understanding how to work with that client, they're all individual, they're all unique, and bearing that in mind in our relationships. You know, it's interesting. I had someone call me this morning, a friend of mine, and we were talking about the customer service aspect of things. And he said, if you knew that somebody that you were working with was going to call you back and was going to take care of the communication and be on top of things, you would pay a premium for that, 10 15%, whatever it is, to know that it was being taken care of. And I think that's the thing in our fast-paced world of you know social media, business media, etc. Sometimes we forget that personal relationship. I think lawyers, for the most part, do a really good job of it because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are responsible for that relationship. And being able to communicate that effectively to the client on a continual basis, you don't always see that now with what's happening because of conglomerations and the people that we deal with. And, you know, you want to call somebody and you got to press zero and then you got to press one and they'll wait, go to the website and fill out that online service request. They want to be able to pick up the phone at the end of the day and talk to somebody. And lawyers do a very good job of that. And I think other other industries could take something from that. So, Paul, we're about to release the ABCs of Legal Marketing, which is a project we've been working on for a while. It's the fifth book in my ABCs series. I wrote the ABCs of networking probably, gosh, seven years ago. And then I wrote the ABCs of speaking skills, uh, one for conference attendance, and then last year, the ABCs of entrepreneurs. And when I approached you and said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking since it's been a decade since I worked in legal marketing, it probably should have been my first book, but uh, I'd been out of the, the field a little bit and I was looking for someone to write it with me. And I said, would you be interested, you didn't hesitate. So what caused you to want to write this book? I think the big thing was, is that it's been something that's been on my mind for a long time. You know, having gone to law school, I remember this and it's, it's no knock whatsoever. I got a fantastic legal education, but the only class in law school that talked about business was called law office management. And that was for a solo practitioner of how do you manage your office? How do you make sure bills get out and those types of things? There hasn't really been something that could be written in such a way that people could take something from it on a daily basis. It's almost like, you know, the, the, the daily, daily digest of quotes. Uh, looking at this book and saying, look, there is a process to this. You know, I, I, you were the one years ago who, had, who gave the, the presentation on networking. It's not rocket science. And marketing is not rocket science. But because it doesn't come as easily to some as it does to others. I mean, we've talked about it. We had the 20-60-20 rule in law firms. 20% of your lawyers are fantastic rainmakers. They know how to do business development. They just need the support. 60% are the ones who, in some way or another, they get it, but there's something holding them back. And then there's 20% who are fantastic lawyers, but they're just not good at business development. It doesn't come naturally. They're almost scared of it, and they have to find a way to get it done. And so 
looking at what we did in this book, we attach something to each one of those so that there's something in it for everybody. There's something that's a reminder for the great rainmaker. There's something that people can try because they're already in their own individual marketing action plan. And then there's something for the reluctant business developer, the guy who just says, I know I need to do this, but gosh, I just don't like it. I want to be a good lawyer, but hey, we got to pay the bills. And so you got to try something. And so there's something in it for everybody. So, you know, we went through, you know, sort of splitting up the, the different topics and, and writing the book and then putting it together. And we must have proofed it a million times. When you think about the book, what's the one thing that stands out that makes you say, yeah, this is why an attorney should read this book or really anyone in any professional services firm? And I think it works equally as well for consultants and for bankers and for accountants as it does for attorneys. What sort of stands out for you as, you know, the the thing where it's like, oh, this is why you need to read the book. I think because if you look at it, you can read any book out there on self-help. You can read any book on business and you can get something out of it. But I think for lawyers in particular, the one quote that's always stood out in my mind, and I attribute it to a friend of mine, it's not mine, is that at breakfast time, the chicken makes a contribution and the pig's committed. You've got to be committed to what you're doing from a business development standpoint. And being able to take this book and look at it and say, that's something I can do. It's not something I want to think about doing. We, we've given you very easy action steps to follow. But you've got to be committed to this. You know, it, it's so easy to just say, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. And I'll, I'll, I'll be part of it. And I'll go review my contacts and I'll do that. No, you've got to do this. And there's a very simplistic way to do it if you'll just give it a shot. See, I think that's great. And the thing that stands out for me really is when it comes down to it, everything you do when you interact with other people impacts your brand. And what happens, I think, to a lot of lawyers is I think a lot of them were brought up through law school, whereas if you do good work, the work's going to find you. And so they don't return a phone call. I've read that one of the most, if not the number one complaint at every bar association all around the country is uh, that lawyers aren't returning phone calls. They're not being responsive. And so if you're treating people, you know, you're not responding to them and treating them sort of like, hey, get out of here, you bother me. That's not going to help your long-term brand. So my quote that I tell everybody is if you make business development and your marketing a second tier priority, you're always going to have second tier results. And the lawyers I know don't want to be second tier at anything. I mean, these are high achievers, highly intellectual people who've worked hard to get to where they are. And yet, oftentimes they're allowing themselves to be second rate when it comes to how they market their practice. And I think that's one of the messages in the book that if you don't want to be second rate, you know, be committed and and get out there and make things happen. So anything uh, you want anything else you want to add about the book? I think it's an easy read. I think that's how we've put it together. I think when we talked about it to begin with, it was a collection of short essays. And so it's not something you have to sit down and read from page one to page one twelve. We'd love to have you read from page one to one twelve. But it's something that you can keep on your desk. You can keep it wherever you are. And every action step that we've put in there is something that shouldn't take anyone a lot of time. And if you think about it, particularly for lawyers, we think of everything in quarter hour increments because that's how we bill people. Well, what we tell the lawyers here is, look, I would love to have you commit an hour a week to business development. I don't care how you break that hour up. Maybe 15 minutes of it is reading part A of the book. Maybe you come back six weeks later and you read part A again. It doesn't matter, but it's something that you can utilize and it doesn't take a lot of time. But if you don't make the investment, you're not going to get the results. 
So when I wrote The ABCs of Networking, that book actually became very popular within law firms. And one of the things, I, I didn't come up with this idea. My clients came up with this idea. They would buy a copy for everybody in the practice group or everybody in the firm. And then every month when they would have sort of their practice group or firm-wide get-together meeting, they would assign somebody that one month, you, or maybe it was weekly, you read A. The next week, Becky's going to read B. The next week, Sally's going to read C. And just give a five-minute report on why does that matter to our group. They took one letter from the alphabet each time and assigned it to an associate to, to read it. And it only takes, you know, it's a 500, 700-word essay. These are not long chapters. And then come back and interpret why does this matter for the practice that we have. And it became something like really powerful. And so that's sort of how I envision this book being used is people buy one for everybody or they could buy one and pass it around. But I think we prefer that they buy one for everybody. Is that right? Absolutely. So they could buy one for everybody. And then each time they meet, somebody could be assigned to open the meeting with what are we doing that's either working us towards this or working the other way. So I'm looking forward to the release. And Paul, I want to thank you for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. And for all of you who listened, I know this one was a little lawyer focused, but for those of you who stuck with it till the end, I really appreciate it. Jump on over to iTunes and leave a review on the podcast. That always makes my day when I get a new review for the podcast. And we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interesting interview with somebody cool like Paul Grabowski from Bracewell and Giuliani. We'll have somebody new next time. But in the meantime, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at @TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great-sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.